This podcast is intended for entertainment and thought-provoking purposes only. The thoughts and views expressed are those of the hosts of Room 2008 and are meant to generate discussion about various topics and do not represent the views of any guest, platform, or network. Proceed with skepticism. Please enter Room 2008. Two thousand eight. We are live once again on a Friday night. We're cold. We're freezing, and we're fixing to get into this Tic Tac UFO story. We are live on Rumble right now. We are deep, rolling deep on Rumble. If y'all aren't following us yet, follow us on there. We live stream every episode on there. We upload every episode on there, so you can see our whole library that we have at this point. I think we're pretty much almost eighty episodes deep right now. So, mm. um, but yeah, we're live on there right now. We're still live on Twitch. Uh, follow us on Twitch if you use Twitch, Room2008ENT. Uh, we're on there. Follow us on Twitter, Room2008ENT2, or I'm sorry, X. We go live on there as well. Uh, if you follow us on there, you'll know when we're going live, uh, what subject we're talking about, any updates, all that good stuff. I'm Drew Nell, a.k.a. Lethargic. That's how I'm feeling right now. That's how I was last night. And uh, we're joined by Peter. What's your name tonight, Peter? UFO. That's right. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. What, Get what's it. <laughs> <laughs> so much emphasis. And that is, all right, we've already lost two viewers since we started the intro. Thanks. Thank you, audience. You have ho. Once again, we're joined by the tag team champions, Lance and our, our remote viewer, M. Linegar. Hello. How are y'all doing tonight? Y'all How staying warm? Hey, hey, hey. Great. I'm great. Uh, cold. Great. Cold. I yep. cut up the heat. We are going over the Tic Tac UFO story tonight. And uh, like I was saying before, I mean, we were still live, but before we started this episode, we've done a few episodes before about UFOs that we kind of don't believe. Um, if you listen to our Betty and Barney Hill episode uh, from December of last month, um, we did Project Serpo. Uh, me and Lance did one when it was just me and him back in November. So we, we've covered some UFO stuff, Bob Lazar even. Uh, but this one, this Tic Tac UFO story from 2004, has actually been recognized, admitted, uh, declassified by the Pentagon, by the U.S. government. So this is as legit as legit gets. Right. And the work that went into actually getting those videos released is crazy. Right. So It wasn't like the government's like, oh, we'll just release it. There was a lot of thought behind it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, I'm, I'm, we're going to start off with uh, one of the videos. Uh, just to kind of, if you're watching this on Rumble once it uploads or on Spotify, which all of our video uh, podcasts are on Spotify, to kind of give you an idea of, of what, um, you know, give you a, a picture of it as good as we can from the videos. Um, and if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, in 2004, there was no video, right? The video we're about to play is not from 2004, correct? 
So the video is uh, from 2004, but it, it was leaked in 2017. Okay. And then it was officially, you know, government said, "Hey, it's it's disclosed. You can you can release it officially in in like 2020." Gotcha. So our 20 yeah. late 2019. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go ahead and play the video real quick. This is what we're going to be talking about. Um, does this one have audio that I need to share or no? No, this one's boring, but okay. it is the official. Gotcha. All right. So as you can see right here where I'm moving the cursor, that is the object, the UFO, whatever you want to call it, the UAP. Um, and this is what was caught by the plane. Wow. Yep. That's the one. Yep, so we got it locked on radar. This is the FLIR video, um, the infrared video. Um, it's got it locked on radar as good as it can. We're going to go into the uh, the details of all this after yeah. the video, but this is the first government-backed UAP. When we say UAP, because they, they dropped UFO, being that these things aren't just aerial. They're also in the water. They're, they're everywhere, uh, as creepy as that sounds. So, and the stigma behind UFO, they wanted to drop all that and start fresh. So UAP. Mm -hmm. Well, technically they call it something else, which we'll get into um, here in a second. But yeah, uh, cause this, I mean, yeah, it, it's a crazy story. Like Lance just said, it, it, it's not just in the air. Yeah. yeah. So um, most people look at this video and they think, well, that's like the, the one. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of reports every year of this type of situation, especially now, but back in 2004, there were still a lot of reports. This is again, the first official video, right? Don't get it twisted. It's not the only one that was seen. Right. You know? Right. Official confirmation from the government. Yep. So, um, yeah, we're basically what we're going to do on this episode. We're going to go over, we just watched the video obviously, and I'm going to go over kind of the summary of events of that, of that week. Cause it was over the, over a week, you know, where they spotted this stuff several times. And then we're going to get into uh, the congressional hearings uh, that have been relatively, relatively recently uh, and other stuff. So without further ado, I'm going to uh, do a little bit of reading here. So feel free to butt in if y'all have a comment. Um, hey, Mlinger, have you seen this video? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good answer. I've seen the videos, but I don't know much behind them. We've gained a few Rumble viewers. Uh, nice. That, so, that means uh, I got to take a shot. If y'all have seen, no, they got a comment, Peter. Okay, yeah, somebody else comment. A different so, person comments. I'll take a shot. Yep. We're gonna All see right, Peter so here we go. Not on camera. So during the period <laughs> of approximately November 10th to 16th, November 2004, the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group was operating off the western coast of the United States in preparation for their deployment to the Arabian Sea. The USS Princeton, on several occasions, detected multiple anomalous aerial vehicles operating in and around the vicinity of the carrier strike group. So that's what I was saying a minute ago. They classify these as AAVs, anomalous aerial vehicles, which I've never heard that before. Yeah, another heard, term. Yeah, I've only heard UFO or UAP. In your report, does it talk about the altitude that they were at and what they were seeing? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So the AAVs would descend very rapidly from approximately 60,000 feet. And <laughs> that was the next line. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It would descend very rapidly from about 60,000 feet down to approximately 50 feet in a matter of seconds, which is insane. Right. And uh, they would then hover or stay stationary on the radar for a short time and depart at high velocities and turn rates. 
so I'm going to elaborate on that uh, really quick. Um, they were using a special radar, which calculated, you know, them to be at, at or above 60,000 feet. And as, as we were kind of preparing for this episode, I think Lance kind of pointed out that that's, that's basically space. Or was that Peter that said that? Yeah, they were saying 80,000 feet is what mm -hmm. the pilot was saying, that he was right. He was getting uh, information back. 80,000 feet to 50 feet or so hovering yeah. above the water. Yeah, that's, that's great. Wow. Yeah, the, the detailed part of the report, it says, you know, higher than 60,000 feet. So, I mean, that could have been 70,000 feet. could have been 90,000 feet. Who knows? Past right. the firmament. Yeah. Way past. <laughs> so, I mean, so, I mean, just think about you're that high up, and then you go down to 50 feet above the water in, in, in seconds like that. Um, so there was, uh, this guy's, he's a senior chief. He's redacted, um, in this report, he may have came out since then, or his name is, may have come out since then. I'm not sure, but he added that based on his experience, which is 17 years as a fire control, um, on Aegis cruisers, the AAV exhibited ballistic missile characteristics in reference to its appearance, velocity, and indications on the radar. Since the radar was in the mode to handle air intercept of conventional aircraft, it never obtained an accurate track of the AAV and was quickly dropped because uh, the computer recognized it as uh, basically garbage uh, and clutter. So it dropped it so it wouldn't, you know, uh, basically. Uh, it's back in 2004. Yeah. So, you know, different radar technology at the time. Right. So that, that, was, um, that was normal, you know, for false targets, anything like that. So it doesn't clutter up the radar. Um, they were detected three separate times during that week as, as that carrier strike group was operating off the coast of California. So three separate times in a week, these, these Tic Tacs were all over the place pretty much. Um, the tactical air officer on board, the Princeton, could not identify the radar contact, and given the high speed and altitude, obviously he was perplexed. Um, had the radar been set up in ballistic missile mode, it probably could have locked on and figured a little more out, got a little more data collected on it. Um, and maybe there's some speculation about that and that the, uh, right. The UAPs sense that and they abort. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, shortly thereafter there was a briefing. So this is a very quick potential, uh, response or, um, answer to what was going on. The, uh, meteorological officer on board, the Princeton provided a briefing that discussed a high altitude weather phenomena where ice crystals can form and be detected by the specific radar that they were using, which is the AN slash spy one. Uh, the report that I have goes into that radar very thoroughly, uh, but it's, it's too detailed to go into right now. Um, I've already been drinking and it's way over my head. Anyway. <laughs> you want the clear one, right? The clear one? Yeah. That's the same one that we're talking about with the drones with the uh, MH370 stuff yeah. that's out there. The clear mm -hmm. one drones. So yeah, before go ahead. No, that's, that's yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you run with that. So yeah, before I get into Fravor's flights, um, I want to go into this. Um, one of the other pilots, um, his name is redacted, of course. He was a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. Uh, he was flying a, you know, like I said, they were doing exercises out in the ocean. Uh, he took off from the Nimitz and he got uh, air control. He got a request from air control to go check out this unidentified object out in the you middle know, of the ocean. You know who that was? So Fravor was listed on the mm -hmm. report. That was Diedrich. Diedrich was the lady pilot that did not want to have any part of this. Is and it, she only spoke out until recently. Was she a lieutenant colonel? Yeah. Okay, so this has to be Diedrich then. 
yeah, because there were there were two. There were four people in the air. It was it was Diedrich, Fravor, and then there there uh there the people that sit behind them. Yeah. And Diedrich was she literally said that she was out like you didn't hear that name, right? Fravor was every everywhere, yeah. but Diedrich just came out recently. So right. Okay. So this must have been her then. So she was out on a test flight, you know, for the exercise and everything like that. She got word from air control, hey, you need to go check this, um, you need to go check this unidentified object out. And, you know, they go over there. She, um, she's told to stay at a certain level, a certain altitude, because there's other fighters out there, you know, tr trying to check it out, see what it was. And what caught her eye was a water disturbance. The disturbance in the water appeared to be 50 to 100 meters in diameter and close to round. It was the only area and type of whitewater activity that could be seen. And, well, it says reminded him of images. So I don't think this is Diedrich. But anyway, uh, reminded him of images of something rapidly submerging from the surface, like a submarine or a ship sinking. It also looked like a possible area of shoal water where the swell was breaking over a barely submerged reef or island. Um, he flew over it, uh, couldn't really figure out what it was. Um, air, air control told him to turn back around. Um, once he turned back around, he kind of looked back and the disturbance was gone. He couldn't get his bearings right to figure out where it was. So... That was kind of the end of that. But when he landed back on the Nimitz and had a uh, intelligence debriefing, he was asked if he saw the supersonic Tic Tac. So apparently word had been going around, you know, going around. Wow. Something out there. Damn. Yeah, when was so, this report? What's that? When was this report? Uh, it was after the, directly after that flight. Cause I got to get debriefed by intelligence, like right, right. after the flight. So when, um, what was the Top date? Did it give a date? Yeah, it didn't, it didn't the give the specific was... date of that flight. Um, I don't know if that was November because Fravor's flight, which I'm about to go into, was November 14th. So I don't know if it was the same day or if it was a day before or, you know, whatever. But it was it at 10 this flight was at 1030 in the morning. Um, that's when they first went out on the test flight to do their thing or whatever. He landed back on the Nimitz uh, at about noon. So... So there were there were three days. It's possible that maybe they had like the first and second day just a practice crew out there running some uh some exercises and 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 did this, but it right. wasn't the main uh a mission because it became a, the main mission after like the third day. So right. maybe possibly this was a random uh yeah. yeah. Obviously so it was after the fact since they saw the tic tac. Yeah. So going yeah. into Fravor's Fravor's stuff, um on November fourteenth, after again take uh, detecting the AAV, the U.S. Princeton took the opportunity of having a flight of two FA-18Fs. One of them was Fravers. Uh, fra uh, Can't remember the other name. Um, Diedrich? I, I guess, possibly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Push no, Diedrich, all, all, right. the, all the names are redacted in here. I don't know, except for yeah. Fravers. So right. I don't know, no idea. Yeah. Um, the USS Princeton took over control of the FA-18s from the E-2C Airborne Early Warning Aircraft and vectored the FA-18s for intercept leading to visual contact approximately one mile away from the uh, AAV. Um, and it was reported to be, quote, an elongated egg or a tic-tac shape with a discernible midline horizontal axis. Peter, you operated something that was like an elongated egg. If I remember <laughs> right, in college? I piloted it, yes. Yes. It was reverse <laughs> engineered. Did I hate government-like descriptions? Oh yeah, I just, I just cannot stay this report. I'm listening to it. I'm I'm enjoying it, but it's like, ugh. there's Even no you, way we'll get the full story. But it's crazy yeah. that this. Oh, there is a way. Much. We're gonna get the full story tonight, but I want to yeah. hear this report. 
So um, continuing on the description of that, uh, an elongated egg or tic-tac shape, it was solid white, smooth with no edges, just like what Peter drove in college. Mm, yeah. It was uniformly <laughs> colored with no nacelles, pylons, or wings. It was approximately 46 feet in length. Uh, the, the plane's radar could not obtain a lock on it. However, it could be tracked while stationary and at slower speeds with a uh, forward-looking infrared. The AAV did not take, or I'm sorry, the AAV did take evasive actions upon intercept by the planes, meaning that it tried to escape and evade the, the situation they were in. Um, and it demonstrated advanced acceleration, uh, meaning G's, aerodynamic and propulsion capability. The AAV did not take any offensive action against the carrier strike group. However, given its ability to operate unchallenged in close vicinity, it demonstrated the potential to conduct undetected reconnaissance leaving the carrier strike group with a limited ability to detect, track, and or engage with it. Mm. She followed these reports. It went like 60 miles within seconds. Yeah. So, the, yeah, like, no. what the hell is it? I know. We'll, spe we'll speculate at the end. So I want to elaborate on Fravor's, um, his flight real quick, because his, his description kind of matches up with uh, the previous pilot that I was just talking about, and I'm going to bring it back up in the wild speculation segment, um, according to commander Fravor, the first indication he had of the unknown contact was a visual disturbance on the water below the AAV. Mm -hmm. As he scanned the area, he gained a visual on the object. It's important to note that when asked to describe the disturbance on the water, he stated that it was localized underneath the object, did not appear as a trail or a wake and looked like frothy waves and foam, almost as if the water was boiling. Wow. So that's crazy. Or surfacing. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, it goes on to explain, um, he was using a joint helmet mounted queuing system, uh, that actually records, it helps everything lock onto radar, but he barely ever used it and he didn't think to turn it on at the time. Right. Which, just, just nobody thought everyone was too scared to film the Nephilim at the Miami mall. I'm just kidding. Right. Right. How is there no, you know, there, there's no recording of that. Like it was juveniles. Like everything's it's documented. He said government. there's no recordings, but they had the recording of this event. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no record. Like, I mean, you, would, you would think that he would have his helmet turned on. Right. You know, everything like that. He was probably too, yeah. he was too freaked out to even think to switch that on. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, so if you remember I mentioned, uh, as I was reading the summary, um, it mentioned that the craft was hovering, um, you know, and, and even on this water disturbance, it's obviously just sitting there over the water you know, and, and something's happening on the water mm -hmm. or under, under, under the water. Yeah. Either or, but uh, when it comes to hovering though, um, one of the radios, cause uh, Fravor's plane was fast Eagle Oh one. And he was accompanied by fast Eagle Oh two and communication between the two ships, uh, commander Fravor, I'm sorry, the two planes, commander Fravor stated that the object was quote, holding like a Harrier, which was referring mm -hmm. to the, um, a jet aircraft, which is capable of hovering, and uh, able to do vertical or short takeoff landing. What a cool! <clears throat> that's one of the most dangerous weapons of warfare ever made. Uh, mm -hmm. If you go and watch the movie True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's what he's piloting at the end of the movie—a jet that can hover and it has a twenty millimeter machine gun underneath it. Anyway, it's cool. Mm -hmm. anyway. Have you seen the guy who had that documentary of the one he won from Pepsi? Uh-uh. <laughs> he was supposed to win a Harrier. Wow. Pepsi points. It's a big documentary on it. Kind of cool, man. Imagine the maintenance on that thing, how much it costs to just maintain you wouldn't want one like that. It's it's crazy, man. Like, uh, 
and you know, planes every day get tons and tons of maintenance, which is good, obviously, but it just it's it, so much maintenance. It doesn't look like they have lately. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, gosh. I did see a plane on fire on Twitter this morning. What's going Jeez. on? <laughs> the wall falling off the other day. So one of the thing, last things I wanted to talk about on this, because um, there, there's a whole lot of stuff in this report. I mean, it, like I said, it goes into the radar. It goes into a description of all the planes that were used, everything like that. But one of the other things was the USS Louisville was out there. Um, and the uh, submarine officer on board, um, he said that there was no unidentified sonar contacts in the vicinity of the aerial sightings or at any time during the operations. Um, that they were out there off the coast of California. So it said that based on the lack of detection wow. of any unidentified sonar contacts, it's highly unlikely that an AAV operated below the surface of the ocean. It is possible that the AAV demonstrated the ability to be cloaked or invisible to the human eye based on pilot reporting of the water disturbance with no visible craft. Based on the assessment of Mr. Redacted, if the AAV did operate underwater undetected, it would represent a highly advanced capability given the advanced capability of our sensors. Uh -huh. So what the fuck is going on? So <laughs> how exactly does sonar work? What kind of waves are they using? Gosh. Uh, sonar waves. Well, I mean, like... <laughs> it's yeah, supposed but, to be uh, like... It's supposed to be like super, super loud. Like it could kill you how loud it is. Or like it kills whales and stuff. Uh, beep, beep, beep. Like the sounds yeah. that submarines make and stuff. Like so, somebody in the chat help me out if anybody knows about this. So, but, um, so yeah. what, what's your thought about so that? So I guess, like, my thought is, whatever this thing would be, obviously it had to have come from the ocean if it made the disturbances within mm -hmm. the water. But yet, I had no idea there was a submarine in the water at the time as well, according to that report, right? And it said it detected nothing. So they're using sonar. So I was just wondering, I don't know the exact kind of frequencies that a sonar uses to detect things within the water. So this thing would have to be able to use some kind of device that would hide itself yeah. from sonar. Yeah, Cloaking in that, that underwater that, and above. That yeah, we do could, not have. Could be. Well, I guess it's the same thing with radar. Like, it is, do sonar and radar use the same? So sonar, transducer, sonar transducers emit an acoustic signal or pulse of sound into the water. If an object is in the path of the sound, the sound bounces off that object and returns as an echo to the transducer. So, so okay. like an invisibility cloak wouldn't work underwater because it's, well, it's a hard, you know, object. Well, that's so crazy. But that's that's crazy to think about. So whatever this thing is, would be able to be able to somehow have those sound waves either. I, that's just, go through it. I don't know how. Yeah, what, it can be. I can't a, fathom what could be able to do that. Or you know, if if it's in water, who says it's sitting there going slow? It could just be, you know, in and out of water. Um, right. I tend to believe it came from the ocean based on what I've heard, which we'll get into. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a firm believer of that, which makes me believe that there's more going on in the ocean. And we're, we're ignorant to think that we have the technology to really, you know, understand everything in the waters. Right. But, what if uh, it's like, what if it's like some explorers from, uh, you know, point, beneath man. the surface that to figure out how to build a craft that can, you know, it's like us going to the moon, and they and they show up here, and this is like them going to the moon. They're like, "Oh, what the fuck?" You know, Unless. are we doing wild speculation already? No, no, no. That was, <laughs> yeah, was that's, okay. My, my real speculation is way one, wilder. So, what if the reason this thing came out of the water was because of the sonar that was going on in the water? 
Maybe uh-huh. it detected it from it on. Maybe it detected it because I just I can't fathom how can you get away from a sound wave that hits objects unless now you've gone through this like what would that thing, be quantum it, stuff that yeah, makes things go through you? Yeah, that's the thing you can't comprehend. I can't comprehend that, like, but unless it, it detected sonar going on or something like that, so that's what made it come up out of the water, and then maybe thinking and like, oh, there's something here, and. Well, we just got busted. Like maybe it was this weird freak converging of things that were happening at the same time. No, that's sorry. That's out. a wild. That's, yeah, that's very much could be. We could be out of the foxhole. Yeah, yeah. It was just completely unbeknownst to us, not willingly, but something like that could have happened. What else is in that report? Oh man, there's a lot. I'm going to go over just real quick. I'm going to go over the key the key assessments of the report. <laughs> so um, the AAV was no known aircraft or air vehicle currently in the inventory of the United States or any foreign nation. That's a big, uh, that's a big statement there. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a big statement. It's a big statement. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, I don't know. I mean, like, how well do you know what a what a foreign nation has? Like, what do you really know that China has, or Russia, or Iran, or right. anybody? You know, what do you really right. know what another foreign nation has in their inventory, especially when it comes to stuff like that? You know. Uh, another key assessment, the AAV exhibited advanced, low observable characteristics at multiple radar bands, rendering U.S. radar-based engagement capabilities ineffective. Yep. Okay. Meaning it didn't pick it up a lot. So Right, which right. is common because uh, new radar picked up these things, uh, which we'll get into with Brian mm-hmm. Graves. All right. The AAV exhibited advanced aerodynamic performance with no visible control surfaces and no visible means to generate lift. So there was no there there was no rockets, there was no propeller, there was no nothing. It was literally a tic tac in the air. Oh my god! This is officially out in mm-hmm. a report. Yep, your government. Yep, uh, and the, it, it's like nobody is bugging out over this. What's going on here? The AAV exhibited advanced propulsion capability by demonstrating the ability to remain stationary with little to no variation in altitude uh, transitioning to horizontal and or vertical velocities far greater than any known aerial vehicle with little to no visible signature. So we could go up, down, left, right at the snap of a finger, Hmm. which no known craft, human craft, can do. Yeah, there are reports saying that this thing was sitting in the air, stable in Mm -hmm. one location, with no airspeed, and there were like 120 knots of, of wind speed, you know. Yeah, and it's just the pilots were talking about that. Like, there's no propulsion that could – there's going to be give here and there with propulsion. Like, if you have jets all the way around it, you're still going to have some sort of give, like a helicopter, yeah. you know. you got to adjust for the wind because it changes all the time. Absolutely. This one just sits still, no matter what the right. wind's doing. Mm-hmm. The AAV uh, – where'd it go? The AAV possibly demonstrated the ability to cloak or become invisible to the human eye or human observation. That's that's probably one of the biggest ones for me. That's where right, the because human observation includes like um, uh, infrared and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. In the last key assessment, uh, the AAV possibly demonstrated a highly advanced capability to operate under sea, completely undetectable by our most advanced sensors. Hmm. So if they're saying in the report that they didn't see it on sonar, but they're, now they're redacting that basically and saying that this thing is obviously in the sea. Well, then right? I mean, it's not necessarily redacting it. It's saying, I mean, based off the uh, technology that we have, we have to just based off that information, we have to conclude that 
it, it, it wasn't operating under sea because we didn't see it. The sonar didn't catch it, but well, it cloaked itself. Well, that would make sense if, okay, so if it can um, divert itself from sonar, from like waves, it should be bouncing off of objects and things like that. It makes me think it's got to have some kind of like metaphysical kind of aspects because if the wind's not affecting it like it would affect an object. Obviously, it's got right. some kind of propulsion that would be metaphysics, right? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's uh it's in a different dimension. It doesn't respond to the three dimension, uh, the third dimension, the physical, uh, like we want it to. It it uh it doesn't adhere to the rules of physics in in the three D. It's like the images here. But not its physical body. The object's not reacting to the physics as we would know it, especially if it's able to move so quickly right. without any kind of propulsion, without right. being affected by the wind or by waves or by like. But then I guess that would kind of uh, negate the. Because if it's reacting to the water, and the that's water the objects is, the that water react is to, is that's true. to it. it did cause it's the boiling. water to appear to boil. So it did so have a physical. I'm, just I'm completely boggled. We're saying, <laughs> we're saying boiled. And what the pilot was saying is that it was white capping in this area, like a, like a rumbling, like a boil, I guess. Yeah. But he said it looked like something was coming up so quickly that it was causing a disturbance in the water coming up. Yeah. Mm. One, one of the words that was used was a uh, froth. <laughs> Sounds like a dirty word. Well, you're mixing a whiskey. I mean, drink, water you get is that what? froth on top. I know exactly what he means. Gross, <laughs> yes. yes. It's gross. <laughs> well, water's thicker than the wind, so maybe it just, you know, that's a visible reaction like a object. Country song. Country. <laughs> so, um, wind is the current of this layer. I'm just it sounds like an inspirational. Like, it sounds like something like a girl would have named her Facebook photo album back in like 2008. Water's <laughs> thicker than air or something. <laughs> so, I just can't. I mean, and I'm not even a visit. I'm not a physicist but remotely You're but right. I, I i cannot imagine Pretty how this up. thing could move i, I mean that'd be something to say but no, well we're not, not here to figure out the science yeah. you know uh, that that's just, oh, here just to tell you what it did well the only thing that that we could um really kind of attached to this is the Bob Lazar story about reverse engineering the space-time right. bending technology we talked about the bowling ball and all that yeah yeah that was my other thing was like maybe it was a maybe it's a time thing maybe we're seeing this thing move through time so easily uh -huh. maybe, maybe we're seeing uh the reverse technology being put at use you know yeah. but anyways for speculation i ha i have well, a theory that we'll go over at the end that is totally out of all of this so, so yeah before we move on to the next <laughs> the next segment or whatever um we're not sp we're not sponsored by them <laughs> but i did get this report off of scribed um it's a 13 page report like i said it's got a the first page yeah. is the summary. If you just if you want to get a quick read on it, just read the summary. But like I said, it goes into the description of the planes, of the ships, of the radar, uh, David Fravor's uh, testimony or whatever, um, the after effects of it, who he uh, had his debriefings with, with, with intelligence, all kinds of stuff. So it's a very informative article on the actual uh, situation that happened. So, um, so, yeah, I would recommend that. Like I said, get scribed. We're not sponsored, but... I mean, they got documents on basically everything we talk about. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, nice. This is this is insane uh, that this is finally acknowledged. There was a hearing about it um, where um, basically the guy says uh, they were they asked, 
Where what was piloting this? Yeah, Did well, you find any bodies? Well, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, I'm before sorry. we go into that, Lance, if you want to go into kind of what well, broke this story I, out. So I was I was hoping that uh all right, so <laughs> well, I was hoping maybe you had the video of David uh Fravor actually, you know, describing this event. Because you know right. we talked about it. Oh, yeah. More. Do you have that by chance? I can, I can pull it up if you remember which email you sent. Um I got it right here. Yeah, it was it was like 803 to whatever in a 60 minutes there's a 60 minutes um documentary that is really really good and it goes over david fravor's incidents with this and it also goes over why and how they released the films because most people believe that these videos were just released but there's a there's there's a reason why this is the only video or there was like three videos that were released and why those videos were selected versus hundreds and thousands possibly of other videos right because you've had pilots document these uh instances but uh you know the videos aren't released this is the first video the government has backed and that's that's saying a lot and and the you know the steps that they had to take to make that happen was pretty cool so so you want, you want was, to play that video real quick a flavor yeah just a flavor okay, okay yeah um i'm going to share the audio so if y'all talk it is going to delay but lance whenever you want me to stop it just say stop her backseater says, hey, Skipper, do you? And about that got out, I said, dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white tic-tac looking object, and it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. Sort of spiraling down? Yep. The tic-tac still pointing north-south, it goes and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. So it's it's mimicking your moves. Yeah, it was aware we were there. He said it was about the size of his F-18, with no markings, no wings, no exhaust plumes. I want to see how close I can get. So I go like this, and it's climbing still. And when it gets right in front of me, it just disappears. Disappears? Disappears. Like gone. It had sped off. What are you thinking? So your, your mind tries to make sense of it. I'm going to categorize this as maybe a helicopter or maybe a drone. And when it disappeared, I mean, it was just. Did your backseaters see this too? Yeah. Oh yeah. There was four of us in the airplanes, literally watching this thing. All right. So the lady was Diedrich. I was telling you about, she says in that video that she didn't want to have any part of this for the longest time. And they said, well, why are you here now? And she said, because you know, I now this is like the topic now and it's declassified. So she could talk about it comfortably she was so they sent a pilot out up top hovering as a backup and then uh fravor came spiraling down and when the the tic tac uh came out of the water it noticed him and started replicating his uh sequence right however his flight pattern going upwards so they were doing the same spiraling notion like to me and when they met he said he locked onto it and it sped away and but he also said in a different interview that when he locked onto it, it jammed his radar, and that's when it sped away. He said they failed to mention that it jammed his whole system with locking onto it. And right. they don't really go into that because that becomes more of a defensive, uh, you know, like showing our you know, our flaws, I guess. And a lot of that technology was supposed to be jam uh, essentially jam-proof. Right. But, yeah. And also, the spiraling uh, reminds me of the Forbes orbs, if you will. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, which also sure. came out of the water. That's uh, true. 
Very much so. Very strange. I thought you were going to say the spiraling reminds you of your life. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't going upwards. No. Big spiral, so so it takes a long time. What's also creepy about this is that the USS Princeton, when when it vanished, and he said, you know, they couldn't find it, seconds later, the USS Princeton reported back and said they saw it 60 miles away from there. Well, within seconds. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Where did it speed away to? So it just kind of Vanished. stayed in the atmosphere, but like sped off in a different direction. It didn't go up or back down or anything. Right. Okay. Right, right, right. Now the speeds, who knows? Who can calculate the speeds? I don't know. And and there's other versions of like, so when the USS Princeton was out there, I don't know if your report goes over this or not, but when they were um, seeing these activities out there, you know, they were, they were traveling like 0.3 to 0.8 Mach just kind of hover around certain areas. They weren't doing anything drastic or crazy, but when Fravor locked onto that sucker and he didn't say it in this video, but um, it, it literally just like snapshotted in a different location. Yeah. So it could detect when it was locked on and it locked up his, his gear, even though he was not armed. Well, mm. uh, Right, wasn't that the, the story? He didn't have any weapons on board, or something. Yeah, like yeah. He was um, when he got the call from air control. They asked uh, if he had any ordnance on board, and um, which was a very weird question. They were doing training. Um, it was a very weird request, anyway, for him to you know for for them to go see a unidentified object. It was even weirder when he's like, "Hey, uh, basically, do y'all have any ammo, missiles, anything like that?" Ready. Interesting. Um, I've got a story at the end of all this that'll blow your mind that I think kind of um, shadows that in a way of the way that they prepped for this. Right. So so here's anticipated seeing anything. Something always happens during a drill. Yeah, this is where it took place, right off the coast of uh, California, Mexico, probably. It's like 100 miles southwest of, of San Diego. Yeah. Um, essentially off the mexican coast but yeah it's uh if you're watching this on rumble or spotify uh this is essentially the area where everything happened so not so that's too where the aliens there. live right yeah, there it's really, it's really not too far off off the coast you know you, you think something like this would happen way out in the pacific in the middle of nowhere but no yeah. it's just it's right there right right it's very that close makes- to where all the action is but you know go ahead I'm well sorry. i was gonna say it makes me wonder if there's some kind of like resource out there that they would be they who you whoever know, you know, it was in the spacecraft. If there's any resources out there that they were looking for, if there's something about that location that's significant, right? Or something about the nuclear power of the of the vessels, yeah, uh, the military vessels could be. So um, even Ryan Fravor says, and this is a different pilot, different time. Ryan Graves. Uh, Ryan Graves, yeah, Ryan Fravers. Thank you. I was say another Fravers. <laughs> there's a couple, a couple Ryan, there's <laughs> a couple Davids and one Ryan. So, um. Um, so Ryan is off the Virginia coast and he says this is like 10 to 50 miles off the coast that they're seeing these things. Wow. You know, and um, so as far as like that location being close, I don't know because there's other stories of them being even closer in other parts of, of you know, the U.S. Are they always in off the coast of an ocean or like off the shore? Are there any like midland? Well, then it goes into other videos that have come up that haven't been um, vetted. So then it becomes, well, is this video for real? But we've all seen like the videos of the triangles, you know, in the sky. We've all seen the yeah. videos. This is, again, you have to keep saying, this is one of the few videos that's been uh, government-backed 
as something that they don't understand. Right. It's proven. Now, as soon as maybe they release those other ones, then we can answer that question. Okay. You know? So, so far, the videos that have been sanctioned, or at least been backed by the government, have all been like coastline. All within coastline. Okay. Yeah, and I can confidently say that because of uh, the times that they, you know, uh, took the videos and who was behind them. They were all like Virginia coast, San Diego, San Diego coast. Hmm. And uh, uh, to bring up Ashton again, uh, the fact that, that was the Indian Ocean, that was not coastline. Right, right, I guess it was right. kind of close. Yeah, that was kind of close. More not like ocean, maybe. all around, all like within the like oceans. Yeah, he's gonna do okay. it. He's gonna do it. Here it comes. It could be that. <laughs> Found it. Hit that button. Sorry about my voice, everyone. <laughs> he wouldn't. Wait, prepare. what was I saying? What was the last thing that I said? Anybody remember? I don't know. How oh yeah, <laughs> that threw me off. <laughs> the embarrassment. Um, so, like, uh, speaking of Ashton, like, the fact that the government is acknowledging that this vehicle or whatever it is made these impossible maneuvers, like, to consider that stuff and the impossibility of these maneuvers, like, it's crazy that people will, like, look at the video of MH370, alleged video, mm -hmm. and be like, oh, it's bullshit, you know, like, how can you cast this out so easily, but not even pay attention to right. this story about the government acknowledging a vehicle that can move impossibly? They could literally tell you it exists and they don't know anything about it. And you still don't believe it when you see it. Right. Uh, I mean, it could crazy. slap you in the face and take your wife, and and uh, and you're you're gonna. <laughs> I've had those threats, man. No, <laughs> but uh, hey, so can you play the go fast and the and the gimbal videos? Because this gets into a modern time. Uh, you're talking the one that we just saw was a 2004 video that was released, I think, in 2017. It was leaked in 2017. All these videos were leaked in 2017. So if you could play it, I'll go into kind of how these videos even came about, and the and and what you know what causes that. Yeah, let's go to the next question. Like what, who, like, like why these videos, right? And why were they leaked? And if, if there's more, like these are just a, what a sample, or there more? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Have been leaked. Yeah, it's like. Do you, want me, do you want me to play audio on these or no? Uh, yeah, play audio. It's kind of cool. But cut it down. It's loud. All right. Yeah. So FYI, if y'all talk, it will echo. So apologies yeah. in advance. My audio won't echo, so I'm going to say if you see that little um, dot float by on the screen, that's showing how fast that thing is moving. Thank you. 
Wow. So if you've seen all those videos, it's hard to describe. Um, like you have a crew that's flying the plane, right? And then you have a crew that's that's controlling a lot of the extra technology that's on the plane as far as the cameras go. And so the crew that you hear in the background, they're like trying to capture this thing. The pilot's doing its own thing. It has another little system that they're using. And so this is kind of like newer technology, if you will. Yeah. The first one the, the from the 2004 was older technology, kind of FLIR 1 stuff, just camera on board, like front-facing IR camera. And these are like higher-tech cameras. So you're starting to see a little bit more videos come out of the crew that's handling the, the camera right. from the plane, which was on the ship. One interesting thing that I heard was one of the pilots said there's a whole fleet of them. Right. Yeah. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The U.S., the, uh, the Princeton – uh, originally, back in the 2004, the Nimitz stuff, the Princeton was picking up about 10 of those things wow. on oh radar. My God. And um, and they were saying all kind, you know, like the speeds and stuff like that. Yeah. See, my initial thought was like, it's got to be some kind of scouting something. If you're trying to do be so so sneaky with the cloaking and like not be seen to yeah. try to stay out off radar, my thoughts is scouting, just like reconnaissance, that kind of stuff. But when you say there's like more... How aren't scouting missions supposed to be like very small and intimate? Like you're thinking like uh like when they're trying to be like stealthy, yeah, or something like uh, that. Yeah, it's yeah, very like small. A, a small reconnaissance party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think like the word fleet or like ten of them doesn't sound small unless right. That's maybe he was so shocked that he exaggerated a little bit. Like he he saw maybe ten or so, and he was like, "Yeah, it's a whole fleet." I mean, I don't know the term. Yeah, I don't know no, the terms. So, for like, what makes a fleet a fleet? Right, yeah. right. To me, I think fleet. I think a lot. Yeah. So those were mm-hmm. uh, a, f- a couple of videos, and they were they were, those two videos were taken at two different times. Uh, but they were released by, you know, the government to be official at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think it was a uh, twenty uh, about twenty twenty. Yeah, because all of them were official April twenty twenty. They were all released wow. officially, but you were saying like fleet. Uh, here, here's my thoughts. If if you've ever watched like the congressional hearings or any kind of interviews on the other pilots, I've seen these things. They don't give a fuck about where these pilots are. Apparently, um, Ryan Graves was talking about back in 2000. I think it was 14. I think I'm not gonna hold on to that. Yeah, late 13 to 14 about. Um, he was on a carrier and, and one of his pilot of his squadron came in and said, dude, I about hit one of those damn things. And, and Ryan says this during the congressional hearings too. He brings this up. He says yes. one of the squadron leaders was basically um, scared for his safety because they had these entryways off the coast of, you know, wherever they're flying, right? This is the coast of Virginia. It's like a big square, if you will. And they had this point to where they regulate and they tell everybody to go through this point so they can regulate all uh, air traffic through a certain point. Everybody knows there is restricted airspace. You have to go through this one point. It's called an entryway. So he said that his squadron um, unit was flying through this entryway and one of those things passed by him within 50 feet of his aircraft. Flew past it. In other words, if they would have seen it on radar, they would not have gone through the entryway. Yeah. And what did it look like? It was just there. And so his his pilot guy was like describing it and said it was a a dark black or gray cube that was surrounded by a, a, a 
a, a see-through cube uh, sphere. So it was a cube within a conference or, you know, encapsulated within a sphere. And, uh, and it was 50 feet from his plane. And at that point he said, you know, like this is getting ridiculous. Like they're, they're seeing these things. We have pictures obviously, but, uh, and we'll play them now or later, but, um, they're seeing these things all the time. Remember the sphere. Remember the sphere. We'll talk about it later. They've been seeing these things. And he goes into like, so you'd say, well, why haven't they reported this? Like, why wouldn't any, why wouldn't pilots report this kind of stuff? And the reality is there's not an organization that takes this and documents it. It only comes across as like hearsay, kind of crazy. You saw a UFO in the air. Like people, the pilots start thinking, you know, cause they're, they're under all these tests, right? They're, they're always being questioned about their uh, psyche you know, and maybe I can share that they're fit enough to be, you know, to fly. Right. And like, if I go back and start saying I saw aliens in the air, they're going to say, well, what else, What other colors did you see? What else? What else? Right. Did you, see? you need a psych evaluation. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. There's all the stigma. I mean, saying that you've seen a, a UFO, have you seen these things? It ruins people's lives. Yeah. yeah. It does. Crazy. Of course, you're not going to say anything. You're on thin ice every time you get in one of those planes and to come back and say you saw things in the air that, that was not reported on radar. And, and it's very easy uh, to you don't have anything uh, to support yourself. It's just your word <laughs> versus nothing. Because when you right. start going back and you're like, I almost hit one of these, uh, then it becomes like a, a more of a, a you know, a defensive. Well, type and it's easy to hallucinate uh, when you're going mock speeds because of the pressure. Yeah, like the you G. can black yeah. out yeah. if you don't do the proper uh, uh, breathing uh, rhythms. Right. Uh, you'll smooth pass out and see shit, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it, what, what makes this story valid though is that it was a technical radar. People saw it with their own eyes. They mm -hmm. saw it on their equipment, blah, blah, blah. They tracked it. They locked on. So it was a real thing and it disturbed water. So it was something. Mm -hmm. So anyway, continue. Well, I did find, um, Dietrich on Twitter. She has a Twitter account. Oh, really? Hey, let's get her on. I'm going to follow her. Call her up. Something. That'd be pretty <laughs> cool. I'm serious. I will. I'll uh, I'll see if I can contact her and get her on sometime. That would be insane. Oh, we know you will. Hell I'll yeah. I'll, so, I'll, I'll fucking do it. Seem to be the master <laughs> at that. They, uh, they did you hit start. a timpani drum over there. So if you were to say, <laughs> so, we, we were on the subject of the pilots not having anybody to talk to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so in 2008, they started the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. 2008. So, you know, you had, like, USS Nimitz stuff, right, going on. Pre-Space like, Force. Yeah, pre-Space. Did y'all ever watch that show? Yeah, it was Steve Carell. That was a good show. It was very funny. Did they I, continue it? I think I didn't watch past the first season, I don't think, but it was hilarious. Second season was pretty good. I didn't watch the second. How, but I do want to watch it. That was a well, funny show. Well, hopefully I'll come out like so, um, do, Drew, do you want me to touch on? Uh, I'm trying to follow the guideline here because there's a lot to touch on. But I would love for you to touch on it. Oh, okay, I'll touch on that. Guys, <laughs> uh, so like I said, the 60 minutes um, documentary is really good. Check it out. But this this Luis Elizondo gentleman was kind of the one who who uh, he was he was the got it they they wanted to start the advanced aerospace threat identification program called ATIP. They put him in charge, right? He came across these videos. 
he was having some trouble with basically that he would come across his stuff and nobody would take him serious. So he like, it was like, Hey, your job is to, to find these videos and talk to these pilots and have a place, a resource for them. To, but don't say anything to us. You know, like you do your thing. And, and it seems like he was getting okay. pretty pissed off about this mm. because nobody would take him serious. And uh, he ended up quitting in 2017 and he took these videos, these three videos that we just saw and gave them to a guy that was a uh, higher up in the military. And that gentleman leaked them to the New York times to get the public interested in this, to bring it up to Congress. So that the, um, Department of Defense would get involved. So all this happens with leaked mm. videos to the public. The public gets interested. They bring up subcommittees like we saw back in July 2023, this congressional hearing, right? Mm. And then the subcommittees then turn to the government and they say, hey, we need some defense kind of, we need like to figure out how we're going to defend ourselves against these things. And that's how all this gets created. So the, the videos were actually leaked in like 2017, I believe, or yeah, like around that time, but they weren't official until 2020. Okay. So it took government officials leaking this stuff for the public to ever be involved. Otherwise we would never have any knowledge of this and there would not be any defensive uh, departments about this stuff. It's like, it takes people to like put their careers on the line to get these videos out there in order for the government to even look at this stuff. That's how under the radar, literally all this stuff was until recently. I like right. it. under the radar. Yeah. You like that? that I was didn't, nice. Yeah. I thought about uh, that last week. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Oh, it just makes me think what else have they not? Now least? it's called the UAP task force. They had to, they had to change it once they had LGBT. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> LGBTQ2 UAP task force. <laughs> uh, the aliens are gay. I think it, <laughs> which is fine. Two hours, 34 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. well, hey, we're cool with gay aliens. Hey, it I'm, explains the anal probing. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. So, as y'all were, y'all were going on that real quick, hey. uh, hold on, hold on, wait. Peter has firsthand experience. We don't know it's an alien. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, upon finding Dietrich's Twitter account, I was doing some searching real quick. Uh, somebody posted back in August, uh, she was on. Uh, where was she on Capitol Hill um, back in 2018? Uh, this Twitter account, Mike Colangelo, uh, he posted. So what was the Tic Tac? When Alex Dietrich gets asked this question in interviews and in 2018 from lawmakers on the Hill, her mind goes completely blank. She says that the Tic Tac UFO was so foreign, so unusual, it simply doesn't fit any classification or model that she has in her brain. Wow. So just to go wow. on that. Yeah, she even said in an interview that um, if she was solo, she would have never mentioned it. Really? Because wow. it was so f- just far-fetched that just even talking about it would make you uh, basically a, a liability to the military. You know, I did yeah. see that her, her mentioned that, that she would have not have said it, which makes me think, too, like all the other times it goes unreported where people are, are afraid to say anything about it. But she brought up a good point that your mind will try to make it into something logical. Like your mind right. will try to turn it into Justify. something yeah, to justify whatever it could be. And right. the other things I've seen her or read about her, the very small things, it seems like her mind is still fighting against that it's something 
out of this world. Like, it seems as if she's still very by the books. It's just something we don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. And that right. seems to be the stance that she takes about yeah. it. It's like some people can accept it. Some people really have a hard time accepting something they don't, that's not, uh, yeah. obviously, of this world. And one of her biggest things is, I don't want to be known as the UFO lady. She's like, I do not want to be known associated with this. But none of these pilots, that's the thing. None of these, the people that have come forward as whistleblowers, through the, like, the congressional hearings, none of them are like the alien guy. Mm-hmm. Like none of them. They're all like very into their careers. Just recently retired. That's why they feel comfortable coming forward. But like David Fravor was like, like you could tell by the interview, he is not like, he's a very straightforward textbook type pilot. It's like, I'm not into all that stuff. That's yeah. That's, that's funny. I'll say that. Cause her Twitter handle is uh Dietrich UFO lady. <laughs> Well, Probably she literally so. said she did not want to be known as the UFO lady. But, you know. She saw the money behind it. But I mean, I'm, here we go. I'm kidding. That's not that's not her Twitter handle. Oh, I was going to say, well, shit. But, <laughs> there is there is a a comment on that post that I just read. Um, uh, this guy says, Dr. Stephen Greer, who's very big in the UFO community, has stated that it's a Lockheed craft and has a witness who saw it being offloaded from a military helicopter in 1991. Oh, snap. Now take that with a grain of salt, but right. So who knows? There was you know, there was the report off the USS Nimitz in, in uh, 1994 of a of a guy that was during the blackout defense mechanism that they do on crafts. And he oh. was outside and he said that he saw a craft, a triangle craft that was off like 200 yards from the Nimitz, and um, and he didn't say anything about it. He was interviewed because he wasn't at a station when he was supposed to be. He was outside watching the sunset. And got kind of trapped outside during this lockdown, which is very common, he said. So he just kind of posted out outside, cut off his, you know, he said he didn't have anything. So nothing cut off to be dark, you know. But, um, and he didn't say anything about it because he was scared that they would kick him out of the military if he said he saw anything. So he played dumb. Uh, that was uh, Kevin Thomas, 1994. Right. So, I mean, but you're saying 1991. So, I mean, maybe, you know. Like, There's something know. going on. There's something going on, and we're about to speculate about it. Yep. Um, did Molly were you about to say something? When did or, they sorry, change the terminology from UFO to UAB? It was pretty know. recent. It was in like within the past decade for sure. I yeah. think it was when literally they started coming out with this stuff. Well, officially. I was going to say because you know UFO has such the the illegitimate stigma behind it like as soon as you mention anything you're like oh you're just one of those crazy ufo people mm. but now that you've changed the acronym completely to make you can now well we can start making the uaps more legitimate so if you're someone who saw uap you have more credence behind you than rather than someone who said they saw a ufo so now by changing this acronym you completely changed the credibility you know though it was been it's been described and correct me if i'm uh that there's more to it but they don't really classify it as a flying object anymore because of all the um, technology that's behind mm-hmm. it. They're like, if it can go through all different types of mediums, if it's coming from 80,000 feet, flying down to our ocean, flying through our oceans, uh, it's not really flying. It's just like an aerial phenomenon. Like we're seeing it in the air, but an uh, unidentified flying object, it's like classifies it as just air. It's got to be something. Whether yeah. there's uh, an aerial phenomenon could be like but stigma, it doesn't have to be something that transcends it, physics. So, exactly. Yeah. And then it's just, just by changing the acronym changes so much more behind it. According right. to Merriam Webster, the term UAP first appeared in the late nineteen sixties. 
So it's been around well, for a while. So well, mm-hmm. UFO has been around since 1947, since the Roswell incident. So I'm trying to see what what the difference is. Mainstream. That's kind of hard. Yeah, I feel like I've never heard of UAP yeah. until, like you said, like within the past mm-hmm. decade, even within the past five years, I've never heard. Right. Of it. It's very it's recent. Always been UFO. Yep. Very very recent. Um, and we're gonna speculate on it. Um, I think I, I have. I think I have a fairly unique theory. Uh, I mean, other people have talked about this, but this is just something. And I'm not a religious fella, but I want to talk about something weird that I've been I've been kind of looking into here and there for uh, mainly artistic purposes because I saw an image that really kind of freaked me out, and it was a depiction of uh, something. Uh, written about in, in the Ezekiel in the Bible, but we'll, we'll get to it. Was there, was there anything else that we wanted hmm. to um, go over in the, the guideline? Was there any other um, sightings or witness reports? To, one, one thing I'm reading you UFO versus UAP UFOs are obviously unidentified flying objects. It's, it's often assumed to be alien spacecraft. UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, which is uh, more used to describe just unexplainable sights. Mm. So Everybody thinks about those flying discs, you know? And uh, I guess that's why it's like changing it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it does mention the flying saucers with UFOs because that's what you think of. So, yeah. Um, but still, I mean, uh, UAP is used to describe unexplainable sights in the sky, not just unidentified flying objects. Right. So interesting. Like the Black Knight satellite. Exactly. And they used a whole different acronym from what uh, you were saying earlier. They weren't even AAV. So, so yeah, here's, here's what y'all were saying and why it's so new. While both acronyms refer to the same unidentified events reported in the sky, government agencies began using UAP instead of UFO in 2021 in hopes of of muting some of the conspiracies flooding the public. Mm. Hmm. So separate the conspiracy from the uh, the actual reports. Yeah. The, Fascinating. I did the, not know that shit. The issue with using UFO is that most people correlate it with aliens or extraterrestrials. The goal of using the term UAP is to eliminate the baggage the term UFO carries. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. It was something like that because, I mean, you can't, asso- can't associate with, with that, I guess. Yeah. Well... There we go. All right, speculation. Huh. Let's go. All right, speculation. Here we go. I'm going to go full crazy on this one. And um, uh, Drew, could you be pulling up? Uh, type in the Google image search. Ezekiel, uh, angel, uh, and rings. Type type that in. Let's see what that pulls up. And uh, pull pull it up on my queue. But uh, I, demands. <laughs> I know I said the word angel. Please, everybody bear with me for a second. I'm not a religious fellow, but we're going to talk about this. This is a theory of mine. So the UFO shape or the uh, the tic-tac shape. So what's interesting about the story, it says it's like an elongated egg or like a, a tubular curved end, you know, kind of thing. A, a kind of a stretched out sphere, I guess. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking. So the guy that was saying that it was like 50 feet away from uh, from him in his uh, jet or whatever, he said that looked like a sphere. So I'm wondering if 
some of these images that we're seeing of it and it being like an elongated tube like thing what if that's like uh like kind of a light glare or or some sort of force that's causing a glare to make it kind of look like that do you know what i'm talking about does that make sense to anybody you're saying like a propane tank you know <laughs> well you there's just like light emitting from it and this is the shape of the glare whatever you would you know the shape of the source of light and uh so it's it's difficult to kind of see it but there's there's other forces at play too that can cloak it and all this stuff so i was wondering what this thing has uh that's different than i would say a piloted vehicle is that it has personality it was mimicking these pilots it was mimicking their movements it was taunting them it was showing off and uh playing with physics and you know and, and defying gravity and uh you know just general physics so i'm wondering what if it's not a piloted vehicle but a living thing it is a thing and not yeah. you, you see what i'm saying it's Shit, not, not piloted some sort of being yeah so i was thinking like okay that would well, what could it be if it's some Which would sort make of... sense for its quick response to everything Right, and if it's working outside of our physics, what will we describe as something that can soar through the sky and defy physics? And it looks like it, it exists beyond the veil of our understanding, and it's not a vessel. All right, pull up the pull up the search there, and um, so these are depictions of the uh, seraphim or uh, angels in the book of Ezekiel. Look at some of these images. We have we have a sphere. Now it, he did say there was a there was a cube, but I'm thinking like you know he saw it briefly. It it's a source of energy that's surrounded by a sphere, and that and that's how it moves. It moves through the sky, and you know and what got me on this was I was just looking at all these cool depictions of like what an angel would really look like from the Bible. And the images freaked me out so much. And we'll go over these verses in a later podcast. But these verses describe in detail, like the best way to draw it would be some of some of these images where there's rings around a center eye and the rings themselves are covered in eyes. That's so creepy. It's so creepy. Like, what right. if what if that's a possible explanation behind this? Uh, be. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm going crazy here. <laughs> but uh this is just such a cool visual concept i i had to i had to speculate on it a little bit now this could also be and you know like look how cool this stuff is it's so creepy that's insane yeah and so, i've seen a lot of that lately with the you know yeah. you describe an angel it's not a woman with wings you know i've recently seen that too where it's talking about where they're covered in eyes Right. And, then and when people it, well, go ahead, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna just continue like just say it's not like a humanoid shape, like what we're accustomed to seeing that would be like beautiful, but that they were just like these things that just have eyes all over them, which is right. terrifying to me, but I don't know. Right. I like so, a woman with the wings. <laughs> right. So what what if That's these sweet. are things that were written about in history? that have been here this whole time with they're just behind the veil we can't sense them until they want to be sensed right and you know what's their purpose for being here are they watching over so they protecting us are they interested in 
our uh, military activity because it could be destructive to the human race. Uh, you know, uh, your mind can go crazy uh, wondering about that. But, you know, this could also be uh, strategically leaked information of Project, uh, Project Bluebeam. It could be that. It could be that. But we do have eyewitness testimony to this. So that adds credence. But, you know, this could also be, I was wondering about this too. Like all the equipment they're using, radar and sonar, and there's all these waves going through like everything, right? What if that causes some sort of like um, electrical or light uh, related anomalies? Because I've been looking a lot into, uh, it's called, uh, uh, and look this up, uh, people, if you can figure out how to spell it. I can't remember how to spell it. But sonar luminescence, uh, where pockets, uh, like a, a, a vacuum pocket, uh, like deep underwater, under high pressure, like a, a, a deep water crab pinching its claw, will create a little vacuum of space for a split second and under that high pressure, and it'll create light. So I'm wondering, like, mm. are there, and, you know, another scientist proved this, uh, and, you know, the video could be bullshit, but he had these Tesla coils that were in a, a pressurized water tank. And he would make the Did two. You, the, said testicles? You, said, you said testicles? Tesla. Tesla coils. Tesla coils. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It does sound yeah, like testicles <laughs> if you say it real fast. Like, some of us are listening. We so. should probably put a comma in between <laughs> Tesla and coils. Anyway, they were Tesla submerged coils. in this tank, and he would create a positive field and a negative field. And he would describe them as a male and female field. And when they would overlap, when the fields would overlap, he said it would create a baby. And it would create a, a, a vacuum inside this pressurized tank and light would emit from the vacuum. And he called it a star in a jar. So it makes me wonder, uh, are some of these light anomalies a result of us shooting all this shit through the air, you know, like, uh, uh, Wi-Fi, 5G, and radar, and you know, all this overlaps. Yeah, and what if it creates like strange anomalies? Like it just create a light, and then when everything shifts, the light could, you know, move somewhere else really fast. They're like, "What was that?" You know. Yeah. Yeah, but how could you explain the the, you know, the, the spiraling? Yeah, you know, right. Like, the spiraling. Like the, the, the other aspects of it, because I, I see what you're saying. Like, right. So these are just all things that I think about. Uh, because, you know, when that plane is spiraling, you know, there's all kinds of stuff emitting from the plane and they're tracking the plane and there's all this it shit like a reflection. It's so perfect. It could be like a reflection. That's right. Something in its in its opposite. All right. Know. Something that's scientifically explainable rather than something extraordinary, if you will. But that's just the rational side of me trying to uh, debunk the idea of aliens or even the idea of a unpiloted, you know, being, if you will. Um, yeah. And then at a certain point you have to kind of, all right. So do you not believe what's been said about it at all to believe that? Cause you know, you have um, people that said it came out of the water. Right. You know, water. water. I, I do like that though. I mean, there's, there's definitely, there's so many videos out there too. Not everything's going to be an alien. Right. And look, you know, like and, we have the jellyfish going across the aisle right I, now. It's just like, I mean, I think it's alien. I, what, I believe in aliens, though. Like, I just think the universe is too big for us to think that we're the only sentient beings. If it? that's an alien, right. it has to be interdimensional. It has to be here by accident, and it has to have crossed the plane somewhere. 
because it's just too uh, too perfect. Yeah. I want more description. Did we see bolts on this thing? Did we see lines for doors on this thing? Did we see nope. windows on this there thing? Was, like it's there just tic tac. I mean, it was absolutely nothing. Tic tac in the sky. Smooth surface. Yep. It could be yep. a being. One like thing. Why do we think we know what aliens look like? Well, one thing I thought interesting that Peter just said was they could be here to scout something. They could be here on accident. They could be here to warn us about something. That takes me back to Admiral Byrd when he met the Arianes that they intercepted his flight, took him down into hollow earth to warn him that, uh, Hey, y'all have used nuclear uh, bombs. Y'all need to cut that shit out. Stop. There you go. Preach. They're You're right. using it in your ships. And, uh, yeah. I I'm going to go nerd alert a little bit. Do it. Okay. I'm a Star Trek fan. I love Star Trek. And any time before you had, um, aliens make contact with beings that were about to make space travel possible, they always did reconnaissance on the, on the aliens first. Like they mm -hmm. always came down and just spied for a little bit to see it, are they ready for first contact yet? Oh, like are yeah. they ready to handle that they're not alone anymore? Right. And that was always just like a because the biggest thing was um was uh the the priority was not to let yourself be known, to like not interfere with what was going on on other planets. Timeline. To just watch, right? To just watch yeah. what was going on, but you couldn't interfere. And so like with any kind of other kind of alien race, there was always some kind of reconnaissance. And so before first contact was let's study up a little bit. Let's, let's study up. Let's see what, if they're, if they are ready. And then it would just. Why, be, why did, why did, why did all, why do we, think all the aliens care about where we are in our timeline because it affects them because if we come to a point where we have where we are developing space travel well then we are integrating into their politics their culture getting into like what's going on with them it's the same concept with like if we were obliterate them. well it's, it's kind of thing like are are they ready to become a part of this whole this, oh, is, like, this is speculation, like right? The neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Are the neighborhood. they ready to be able to abide by our laws? To maybe they accept have our cultures. Like, are they are they ready to be integrated into this whole thing we already have set up, or are they going to muck it up? What so if that's uh, why they would want to be involved? <laughs> yes, yeah, like, I mean, it kind of is. It's like, are they going to come in and like just wreak havoc, or are they going to integrate well into uh, the system we've already created? Yeah, that's why. That's, that's why Lance. Why that's why Lance is the president of his HOA. When new neighbors come in, he scopes it out, pitches a tent in his yard, watches them, got his binoculars ready. Sometimes Are they were going to be ready. And so that's kind of the whole, that's the whole concept behind first contact. Like, it's yeah. this, are they ready? That's interesting to think uh, about. That's good. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. There's my Star Trek nerd alert. Yep. Love well, it. Go watch it. It's great. Well, that's here's, good. Here's my oh. one. Here's my one question. Sorry, Peter, go ahead. No, go, no, 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 you go ahead. I'm sorry. Here's my one question real quick. So, uh, Fravor and the other pilot that was redacting the report <coughs> both noticed there was water uh, issues. Uh, I forgot the word he used, uh, where it looks like it was disturbance, disturbance. frothing. <laughs> that was no, that was the government's word. Looked Frothy, like it was salty. Looked, Love like the it was, looked like it was boiling, frothing, whatever. There was some sort of water disturbance. What if these crafts, like a hurricane, that's how they got their power? Mm. If that mm. makes sense, that's how, that's how energy. Yeah, it's getting the mm. energy somehow. It's feeding it like a hurricane, like hydro, or just in general, just energy. Just how a hurricane does. It absorbs. I can't it. fathom that. I'm thinking like the disturbance is caused from them 
the hotter, the warmer the water, the more powerful the hurricane. That's an interesting right. concept. And it looks and, like they're they're on record saying it looks like it was frothing, it was boiling. What if that's something of how they're getting their energy? Right. And then that makes me think of Project Bluebeam again, where you know we have the heart program, and who know that's probably capable of boiling the seas. Yeah. And creating all kinds of shit that you know, uh, uh, what do you call them? Um, uh, damn it, uh, holograms. Like, who knows what this technology is capable of doing? Um, so, uh, you know, I, my official stance on this, I'm going with this is a being, and then you know I can speculate out from there further. But I think this is a uh, not an organism because it exists technically outside of our reality somehow if that makes any sense yeah but um that's that's where i'm going with this i think this is some type of a being and if i wildly speculate further i mean after all we just saw the nephilim appear at the miami mall uh this could be seraphim sorry hey can i tell you a cool story no all right cool well, it's, that's been real, guys. Uh, well, it's 2008. All right, so check this out. 2007, I'm sitting by a fire at hunt camp, right? My cousin, who's been in the Marines since 2003 to 2007, says, hey, you know, this is 2007. Uh, he says, hey, uh, you know that they've been looking at, uh, like, aliens out in, in, like, the Pacific, right? And this is, like, whiskey-talking campfire Sharing ghost hits stories. midnight looking up just talking about shit no. right and i'm like no of course i'm young at the time and i'm not thinking anything about it. And i was like yeah 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 so he tells me the story you know like hey turns out my cousin was on the uss nimitz during this whole deal back in 2004 and uh, he was stationed there. Again, he was he was in the Marines from 2003 to 2007. He was on a Navy ship. He was contracted. They were all they had their own fleet. It was the uh, the Red Devils, I believe, is what it was. And um, and his squadron is even listed in the documents that uh, old old lethargic over here was reading off. Oh shit! So his squadron was on the USS Nimitz during this whole time. So knowing him like I know him. He said, I said, well, so what, what's the story? And he said, well, his squadron or his lieutenant uh, colonel called him out to the hangar and was telling him the story. He said he thought it was all bullshit. So they all went out there, you know, because they're all just like working 12 hour days, just pissed off, just wanting to be off the ship. Everything sucks. Life sucks. They just want to be off. And, um, and Peter would say, well, you know, want to get off. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so the the lieutenant colonel says here's what i got for you um three days ago we saw something come up on a radar the uss princeton had these things that came up on the radar and they were traveling you know like 0.3 to 0.8 mach and they were just hovering around for hours and 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 they just went away right so U.S. military is like, well, we're going to have to check this out if it happens again, like everything else. It's like, oh, if it happens once, who cares, right? The second day, it came up and at the same exact time. And this is, again, the lieutenant telling the, the, the squadron because they didn't have text and email and all that fun stuff. Um, so he says, you know, second day, they came up a blip on the radar and they said, we ought to put some jets in the air to check this thing out. This is 
this is uncommon. We got we got to check this thing out at the same time the next day. This is the same time the next day. Nice. Right, the first time's a surprise. The second time is like there's something to this. Right. So before they got all the jets equipped um, and things going, they went off the radar. So he said the third day they were already uh, figuring that this thing would come back up. So they got the jets in the air. They were ready to go. And that's how this all thing came about. It was the third day that they actually went out and discovered this thing. And so the Lieutenant Colonel was telling my cousin and his squadron and everybody else out there, there's probably 150 people said, you know, when they went out there, um, there was a disturbance in the water and they had, you know, everything on radar, but nothing to be seen. It could be cloaking. Right. And, uh, and then he said, he kind of laughed. And then my cousin, I remember him saying like, Oh, I just thought it was bullshit. Because, you know, you're like, your colonel's like, is this just a joke they're playing or something on us? But he said, then came out of the water was this tic-tac thing. And uh, he said tic-tac way back then. He said tic-tac. And he's Here like, we are. and, and he, he laughed because he, he knows how bizarre that sounds. In right. 2004, saying that this thing they don't know anything about in the shape of a tic-tac comes out of the water and shoots off 60 miles within seconds, you know, uh, and the colonel was just like, that's all I got for you guys. And my cousins, and I said, so how did you feel? Like, what was going through your mind? What did you do? He goes, dude, the only thing that anybody could think of is just like, all right, cool, whatever. Like, y'all do your thing. We're doing ours. (laughs) Like, you know, because it's the mindset. Like you're there, you're doing your job. All everybody's like, "Ooh, look at this cool thing we found." These pilots are saying this, and he's like, "I'm tired of, like, you know, working these twelve-hour shifts." That's the mindset of the military. It's like these things happened, and you would think that like it would get around the ship and everybody would be on Twitter and doing this shit, you know. But the reality right. is, we're just now at that point to where right. we can do that kind of stuff. And right. he was there, and he witnessed the first time that. um you know, that this, this, in my opinion, one of the biggest stories in humanity yeah, right. has come out where the government has said these phenomenons exist and we don't know what they are and they're unworldly. Uh, unworldly. Um, at what point in history has this ever come up? And right. he was there to witness that. And so I back checked it with the squadron and he was on the, on the list of stuff. And I remember talking to him about it and, and he was like, you know, I was a nobody in the military. But I worked on the F-18 planes. I got the stuff off the planes. I made ter- I made sure that they were um, uh, ready to go back up in the air the next day. And I gave the tapes and everything over to somebody else. And he wow. said a copter, a helicopter landed on the ship, which never happens when you're in these uh, missions. They're called, uh, he, he said they're called uh, workups, called workups. So like before you get deployed, you do some workups. It's like practice exercises and stuff. And... Um, he said there was a helicopter that landed on the ship, which never happens, took everything the next day Ooh, and went out. Wow. And he wasn't at his capacity of being able to see these top secret videos because, again, he was a Marine on a Navy ship. So his credentials weren't like, you know, he was right. an outsider. But he was there to witness that. And I forever remembered this. And when I was sitting on the toilet 
in <laughs> December okay. of 2017. I think it's what or it was like 19. Uh, I think it was 19 when I saw him. Um, I remember where I was exactly what I was doing. Apparently, yeah, apparently, I exactly where you were. It was a good shit. My heart, <laughs> a memorable shit. I remember seeing Tic Tac video came out, and I said, "Holy shit!" Literally. I got to call my cousin. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I said, "Holy shit!" So, and then I was like, "Damn, and these videos too." No, uh, so uh, I'll always remember that. So I'm, I'm kind of like I have a bias to this subject because. I heard about it before it even became mainstream right. as a, as like a kid, I could say. And then as a, as an adult, seeing him come out exactly the way that he told the story to me is like, it exists. It happens. There is no doubt in my mind. That this is something that the government has no idea what they're dealing with. It could be here since day one. Yeah. Since earth has been around, it could be mining resources living in, in the earth or out in outer space. Whatever the case is, uh, I really feel like what Bob Lazar was saying when he said there were like 12, did he say 12 or 13? I think it was 13 different crafts. It's like you have all these different tools in a toolbox. You have a hammer, you have a wrench, screwdriver, flathead, whatever you call it. He said these crafts are designed for different tasks. And you might have a cube, you might have a sphere, you might have a disc for traveling which actually involves maybe the alien itself. You might have a tic-tac, a triangle, whatever the job calls for. You may have this one toolbox, wherever it is, mothership or in the earth, have these different devices and different shapes for different tools. And that's what we're dealing with. This job, this job calls for a rhombus. Sorry. We we do do the same thing. We got a car, we got a truck, we got a bulldozer, we got a plane. You know, humans yeah. do the same thing. So mm-hmm. you want to fly, you have a you have That's an airplane, you have a, a bus, you wanna you know, it's like that simple. That's so, a good point. So you were sitting on the toilet in twenty seventeen and you said to yourself, This is some really cool shit. I said twenty twenty four is gonna be a great year. <laughs> well, what did what did you feel whenever you first heard the story under the stars? Uh, were you taking him seriously or I were you like That's it. Cool, I, remember, shit. I remembered every word he said. Uh till, did you believe him? I, I I did not I, I believed them, but I didn't know what to believe. And when it was vindicated, it was like, oh my gosh, this is real stuff. It's like hearing all like the the child trafficking. You're like, oh, well, that's just talk. You know, that's just whatever, whatever. And then and then it becomes a reality. And, and to me, it became a reality of it's not whether or not it, it exists. It's like, what is it, and what are we gonna really find out in our lifetime? Yeah. We're at that point. Um, right. So coincidentally, like, yeah, I'm I'm all embedded into this subject just because of that. Um, Coincidentally, everybody has a camera in their pocket these days, a great camera. And like, coincidentally, everything is starting to come out about UFOs. So that's, it's interesting timing. Yeah. But then again, we have CGI deep fakes and AI and all that too. So, but to answer your question though, nobody really believed a hundred percent of everything. It's like, well, who told you and and who, you know it's always that like well how did you know and who told you and what could be watched but when you see like the squadron on the reports yeah the story matches up yeah. tiktok same verbiage 10 years later roughly i mean you know it's like it's Ugh. just uh or yeah. more than 10 years later uh it's just it's mind-blowing yeah. i loved it that was yeah. like the highlight of my uh 
Yeah. So that is crazy. That is crazy. Did you look in the toilet and it happened to be shaped like a tic tac? That was it was. <laughs> it was a very healthy. I was thinking, I was like, he then made his own brown tic tac. It was a five foot long. <laughs> <That's> disgusting. <laughs> he was like, exit only. I don't know what that means. <laughs> five foot <two> string. <laughs> Ugh, awful. That sounds awful. <laughs> All right, just my ears. <laughs> I, have, I have to tell you where I was because I remember vividly where I was. You know, that, I can't, that just you know, legitimizes it, you know. Like who would else would admit? Like I was on the I was on the toilet shitting when I just made this epiphany of a lifetime. No, uh, I was always happen. No, I was in. It was drugs. No, I'm just kidding. No, I was oh. shitting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, don't get it twisted. Oh, I was eating a sandwich. What a One way. Day, to eat. <laughs> what a way to end the Tic Tac episode on the shitter. <laughs> Peter Doom scrolls on the shitter. Lance had an epiphany on the shitter with the Tic Tac UFO. So that's where they happen, man. If you're still Lando's on Twitch. Where the best thoughts happen. Yep. Right. If you're still on Twitch, if you're still on Rumble watching this, we appreciate it. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, be sure to uh, join us on Twitch or Rumble. You can interact with us, uh, shoot your comments over to us, everything. Let us know what you think about this Tic Tac UFO deal. Um, because we all believe it. You have to believe it. I mean, we have personal testimony. We have government, you know, uh, what's the right. word? Government vindication of it. So let us know what you think and uh, join us next time. Follow us on Twitter. So, you know, when we're going live, we got a, uh, we're going to have a guest next episode. It's going to um, be on February 1st. Have a guest. He's been on travel channel. Uh, he's been on Amazon prime, uh, prime TV, uh, so we're going to be going into some interesting stuff. So stay tuned. Um, Peter, give me a five second last thought of the Tic Tac UFO. Uh, it makes me want a minty, refreshing Tic Tac. Okay, Lance, five seconds. Maybe that's the whole point of this whole thing is Tic Tac. Yeah, Maybe. we're just shilling for Tic Tac right now. Maybe it's a marketing thing. It's a propaganda marketing scheme by Tic Tac. There it is. M. Linegar, remote viewer, five seconds. Uh, aliens are real. There we go. Nice. Aliens are real. It's gathering its power like a hurricane, mm -hmm. and that's how it's able to jet around, literally and figuratively. Things are real. Yep. Interesting. So join us next time. Room 2008 is out. Peace out.